0: Everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courtside with Bealance and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. As always, have with me my co-host and Hall of Famer. He's got like a light coat on tonight. I don't know why. The weather is so, so nice. Well, take a look. Is that take a Wimbledon warm-up?
1: I'll stand back a little further. That didn't work. The, is that? Uh, this is my Roland Garros jacket.
0: Roland Garros. I said Wimbledon. That's the dumbest thing I could have said knowing that we're in Roland Garros. You know
1: what, David? It's 1990 that I got this and I've had incredible use
0: of it ever since. 1990, the year Andres Gomez upset my guy, Andre Agassi.
1: You don't like being reminded of that year. (laughs) I can still see a couple of the Nike guys as we went into the grounds telling us big day for Andre. They were convinced and who could blame them. It looked like he was ready.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, Andres Gomez had other plans, but anyway, let's talk yeah. about the current French sure. open that's going on right now. We are now in the quarterfinal stages. We're recording this on a Monday night in the States. Um, Steve and I will get to the, uh, the quarters, but just a few snippets. I want to address with you, Steve, before we get into, you know, most, if not all those matchups, um, we talk about the, the trio on the women's side of uh, Rebakina, Sviatek, and uh, Sabalenka. Unfortunately, one of those had to withdraw because of an illness. It would have been nice to see the three of them battle it out. Rabakina was unable to even play. She went out for a warm-up. It was like a 10-minute warm-up, but she didn't even go on, on court for the match. Too bad for her.
1: That must have been the fever must have been severe, David, because think about it. it, Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking. her. I'm sure she knew exactly what she was doing. And it must have been deeply disappointing. But we've seen players play when they're a little sick. She obviously was very sick because you you just wouldn't do you wouldn't do something like that. She'd been playing great on the clay. She was giving she was one of the granted. She was the third favorite, but still uh, she was uh, she was in a very positive frame of mind playing well. It's, 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 it's for hopefully. And I got to believe that by Wimbledon, you know, she'll be in good shape again and she'll put this behind her, but that, that doesn't happen very often during slams. So I felt badly for her.
0: Yeah. It had to be uh, obviously really bad for her not to, to be able to compete. And, and again, she's been on a roll and she actually had a pretty good clay court warm up season coming into the event. So uh, yeah. had to be crushing for her, but hopefully she'll bounce back soon. Interesting tweet by Mr. Patrick McEnroe at the round of 16 for the men, Steve, not one player from a country, which hosts any of the four majors. You had one from Asia, you had 11 from Europe, but not from a host country and four from South America. Yeah. That's an interesting stat. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's just the nature of the game. I mean, you know, that, It'll change. And obviously, the American men are doing, overall, they're doing very well. But this has never been the land of, of great fortune for American, as particularly American men. So no shock on that count. But that's a very interesting fact that uh, Patrick brought forward.
0: And I do want to talk about uh, a, a really competitive third-round match. And, and I know Francis is going to, he's probably still sleepless uh, thinking about that four set. Um Sasha Zverev who again so great to see him back you know he was playing well last year in Roland Garros had that horrible ankle injury against Rafa um he he beat Francis in a tight four sets that four set Francis had chances chances he shouldn't well, have played that fifth set like he said in the in the press conference
1: well interesting because you and I I should tell our listeners we had a little exchange of texts as we often will and sometimes we'll make predictions and you called it correctly you had uh, you had it in Zarev in four. I said I think Zarev in five. So when Francis went up five three in the fourth, I thought I might have bragging rights, but it didn't happen. And 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 I think zarev was very wise to to make the concerted effort to come back and and salvage that set. It could have gotten very dangerous in a fifth, and he he didn't want to have to play that extra set. But tough tough for for Francis who played you know who lost a couple of tie breaks there, and it really could have been conceivably could have been his matches his match if he played the big points just a little better
0: and another american uh taylor fritz who had pretty he started out really good on the clay court season um filtered out a little bit in the bigger events but it's a long you know prep season to, to Roland Garros. he had a tough loss to serendolo that was a good match but i know taylor would have loved to to get through that one as well
1: well he won the first set and then had a chance one point away from taking it to a fifth. And, uh, you know, there were chances in, that, in those second and third sets. He could, he could have won just about – he could have won all the sets. But Sarindolo is a terrific clay court player, as he showed in, in his next match, which I know we'll get to against Holger Runa today.
0: Um, do on, on, uh, on the female side, an American that we've kind of we've, – we've discussed quite a bit, um, Coco Ga. I wouldn't say she's quietly advancing. I wouldn't say that, but she now is into the quarters. She faces Iga Viatek. We'll get into that in a, in a couple minutes, but it was an interesting match that she played a couple rounds ago. Coco was the 19 year old. Her opponent was the 16 year old. She lost Coco lost the first set, but, but came back, showed her experience and maturity. She, she wound up winning that match six, seven, six, one, six, one. Um, you don't. Uh, a lot of times, you don't get to say Coco's the more experienced player.
1: That's true. No, that she didn't want to lose that match. That would have, That would, psychologically, that would have been devastating. What's interesting now, though, is that she's she's back in the quarters, as you mentioned. Got to play Sviattek, who beat her in the final last year. I just, I don't. I'm not optimistic about her chances. I hope Coco can make an impression, make it tighter than a year ago. But she's playing by far and away the best played court player in the world, and Sviattek has is going for a third title in a four-year span here, so uh, she's going to be very hard to to beat. Not only against Coco, but in the conceivably in the last two rounds after that.
0: I looked briefly, and I, I won't put you on the spot, but I looked briefly, and it could be I could have read it wrong, so don't quote me on it. But head to head, six six zero Sviatek.
1: So, yeah. Um... No, that's another thing. Is yeah, she just hasn't been able to beat her anywhere. But it would seem to me this would be her. As as well as Coco's played here at Golangaris the last two years, and it is her only major final, it's not the right court for her to play Ega. She's got a better shot against Ega on a on a quick on a, on a hard court or perhaps on grass. I just think there, but here she's got her work cut out for her. And I, I think she's gotta be pleased at least that she's upheld her seating, and it's not her fault that she got drawn against Ega in the quarters this time instead of the finals she's had a decent tournament and now she can just go out and give it her best. But I think Swiatek is just too, she has too many resources from the backcourt for Coco. And, and I got to believe she's in control. She'll control the outcome of that contest.
0: Anything you want to bring up that I have not brought up before we get into the, uh, the quarterfinal matchups?
1: No, no. I think you've, you've done it.
0: All right. Let's, let's go into these. Cause we got some, we got some unbelievable matches. We'll start on the men's side. We got, Top seed, Carlos Alcaraz, he's facing Stefano Tsitsipas. Now, I thought Musetti was going to give Carlos a little bit more of a test than he did. And I know everybody is just eyeballing that Alcaraz-Djokovic semifinal. But Stefano Tsitsipas is playing well. Steve, what's the percentage Tsitsipas wins this match?
1: I think very low, to tell you the truth. (laughs) <laughs> I we're talking about winning the match. Yeah. I'm not, that's a different story from making it competitive and at least winning no, a,
0: winning the match. Winning no, the match. winning the match,
1: I, I give him about 25% chance. I was gonna
0: say around similar numbers yeah. 25 30 percent. Yeah. I mean, because I have
1: respect for the fact you have to respect Stefanos was a, was runner up to Novak two years ago and, and had a great run He's to playing the yeah, beat Medvedev and, and, and he beat uh, Zarev and, and then had two sets to love against Novak. And then the year before, he lost to Novak in a five-set semifinal. So he's had a really good record here. Clay is is, is, is demonstrably his best surface so far. He's great on them all. He's had terrific hardcore results, finals of the Australian this year. But all in all, I think his best tennis has been played on clay. So that's all in his favor. But he's 0-4 against Carlos. And that includes two clay court losses, the quarters of Barcelona last year, the finals of Barcelona this year. He got a set last year. He didn't this year. Um, I feel like he'll like the fact that it's best of five, that he could play his way into this match. He, you know, he, he trusts his endurance. And he is he does hang in there well in long five-set matches. But I just feel like he's just I, – I, I don't know in the end that he can, can really – I don't know how he combats that firepower from Carlos. You know, I just feel like he's going to be doing a lot of scrambling and and he's going to have to be he's going to have to be very cagey out there to break up Carlos's rhythm. Don't you think?
0: Well, so here's the thing. When the day the draw came out, everyone eyed where Carlos was and where Novak was in the draw. Right. You're saying, oh, you know, maybe they could meet in the final. But unfortunately, if they do meet, it'll be in the semi, um, which we'll talk about. Later, as far as potential of, uh, of the final, but everyone's been eyeballing this matchup. And I feel like in sports, a lot of times when people eyeball a matchup, sometimes it doesn't come to fruition, right? True, I'm true. with you. Alcaraz is, is the favorite. I'm also with you in that you got to give Steph credit. He was up two sets to 11 against Novak in the final just a couple of years ago. I don't think CT Pass will come in intimidated at all. Um, Alcaraz in a tight, four setter
1: could be could be but i i have to say i have slight disagreement there i think he is a little intimidated and i think what what he's going to need to do is remove those layers of doubt by starting strong in that match yes get playing a really good first set win or lose it's okay to lose it but don't lose it decisively don't lose it with with sort of a, a a lack of conviction in what he wants to do out there and then i think then I think he can erase those doubts. But I feel like going out there, he has them. He'll try to fight them. But it's very hard when you're 0-4 against somebody and he has those memories going back to the U.S. Open a couple of years back when he lost in, the, in, in, a, in a terrific five-setter that was almost Carlos's announcement of greatness that day on the stadium court at, at Flushing Meadows. So I, I feel like that's that's hard for him. Just like he has those doubts against Novak with 10, 10 wins in a row against him. It's tough when you've been... Drug by people over and over again, try to come up with the right game plan and nothing works. But his series with Carlos is not nearly as long and decisive as the one with, I mean, uh, with Novak, that's a lot more wins in a row here at least. Okay. Four is a relatively small sample, but they're, they're, they're very clear in the eye of his mind.
0: You met, you mentioned first set and I, I use this stat all the time with, with, you know, with friends and, and yourself. I know I've used it as well it, you, you, when you mentioned the first set, I'm thinking to myself, okay, and again, you measure yourself against the very, very best players in the world. If you don't win that first set, you then need to win three of the next four sets to win the match and how difficult you don't want to think about that as a player, right? Because if you lose the first set, you're like, Oh my God, this is over. But it just goes to show you that how crucial that first set is that if you don't win it, you now have to win three out of four sets against these guys and it's so difficult. Yeah. And
1: David, you know, they, they, you look at, I've studied this. I've looked at this, man. I would really enjoy looking at the records of the players that they have uh, after winning the first set. And, and the numbers are staggering. And this this is combined for best of three and best of five. But most of the great players are in the range of 90% and up, or at least high 80s and up after winning the first set.
0: Doesn't surprise me, yeah. It's, yeah. So yeah, it that, doesn't surprise me. And, and Stepanos is well aware of that. Right. I mean, like, think about it. When Rafa was healthy and he's you know, crazy on the surface, good luck. If you didn't win the first set, you're going to win three out of four sets. And him again, and Roland Garros, no way. No way. Yeah.
1: Um, no, no. Right. Very tough. I mean, listen, in fairness, he could work. It, it, it can change if you play a good. Let's say he won. He played a very good first set and lost it in a tie break and then came back and won the second. OK, there, there, there's he's got some encouragement out of the right. first He wins the second. And now he says it's a new it's a brand new match. Best of three. Right. But all, best case scenario for him is he, he wants to get on the board, catch Carlos off guard in that first set and give himself a lead to
0: play with. Well, it'll be interesting to watch. I know tennis fans, they they all want this Alcaraz-Djokovic match, but tune in for Alcaraz-Sitipas because I think there's going to be something good to watch. Uh, quite a lot of, uh, going to be a lot of good tennis in that match. They're both playing at a at a high level. Let's talk about Djokovic, right? He plays Horin Hatchinoff who's played well. I do want to go back to early in the tournament just because there's so much discussion that we've had over previous episodes and tiebreakers. And I don't know, Steve, maybe someone has a better tiebreak record than Novak that to me is irrelevant if you need someone to win a tiebreak for me it's Novak Djokovic and in, I believe what the first four tiebreakers he played he had zero unforced errors let me let me let me say that again it's not that he didn't lose points in those tiebreakers he lost yeah. points in those tiebreakers but he had zero unforced errors in the first four tiebreakers he played that's incredible yeah
1: and listen he did it while still being playing with with tremendous controlled aggression. And it was particularly important in the match against, uh, Davidovich Fokina when, you know, the first two sets both went to tie breaks. The others, the other, the others were not as tense. These were critical because the first set alone lasted almost an hour and a half. He really needed that. That's that set. And uh, Fusevich took him to a first set tiebreaker. That was another one that was important, but, yeah, he just, he managed, he doesn't just wait for errors. No. He doesn't just hope it's going to be given to him, but he gives you, he gives nothing away. And that's not, very discouraging. For the other guys, that's very discouraging when they see he's in the so-called lockdown mode, they're. They then they start pressing a little bit. By the way, he said it all
0: the time. We, he doesn't yeah. miss. He doesn't miss easy to neutral balls. He's like you said, control aggression a lot of times at big targets, and then he just makes your opponent feel that they have to come up with something bigger than what they're accustomed to, and that's what forces the air. It's but, an well, easy equation, Steve. It's just really really hard to execute, but Novak does it so well.
1: But also, it's just the way he responds to pressure, like against uh, davidovich Vokina, in, in the second set tie, well, first of all, in the first set tie break, Djokovic is down 3-1, and he comes back and wins. it. Second one, he's down, he's up four or one double mini break, looking like he's got it, complete control of it. And and the Spaniard came back and played four magnificent points in a row to take a 5-4 lead, Novak serving at 4-5, and then he runs off three points in a row and ends it. So it's even when you think you have him. And so, some, I mean, th- those two tiebreakers were were just so hard fought and and this the Spaniard couldn't have played any better but Novak had the answers.
0: I'm I'm trying to, to give Hatchinoff a chance here and I, I go back to certain matches that he played Rafa very tough on, but they were on hard courts. He played him very hard in the US Open, I think a third round match maybe it was in yeah, 18 he, did. he played him tough in Indian Wells like I think the following year. But this is on clay and I just don't know if he can penetrate uh, the ball as hard as he can do on on hard courts and dictate like he can try to do on hard court versus Novak I'm saying Novak in three I maybe I'd be surprised if it goes four Steve I
1: would too I've been torn but right now I'm thinking three well look I hear what I hear you about the Rafa man I remember those matches and he played some great tennis against Rafa but no knock on Rafa this matchup I think is just tougher for Hachinov versus Novak for many reasons but Mainly just the nature of the rallies and Novak's flat ball hitting, flatter ball hitting than Rafa. So he can sort of deal, I think, with Hachinov's power more successfully than Rafa did at times on hard courts. You know, he split the first two, Hachinov, with Djokovic. He won the second match in their series. Djokovic has won seven in a row since at the cost of one set. So I, I think he enjoys playing him. He sees the challenge. He respects him. He sees him as a frontline player, and he also knows that Hachinov was in the semis of the U.S. Open, losing to Rude in the semis, and then in the semis of Australia to start this year, losing to Tsitsipas. So his last two majors has been in the semis. Now here he is back in the quarters. So Djokovic respects that. On the other hand, he knows how to play him. He, he's so familiar with him that I think he goes out there comfortable in his mind that if he executes well, it's his match to win.
0: All right. Next quarter. And the next quarter is we'll, we'll pronounce he's good. We'll go Holger Runa versus Casper rude. Runa had a spectacular match today. There was some controversy, Steve, I'll let you address it, but Runa and rude rude did not have a good clay court season coming up. Obviously last year, he made the finals of this event, losing to Rafa. Runa has been playing well and he's damn good. I, one, I'll say, you know, you could address the match that happened today with Sierra And two, how much will he have left after playing a really, really long five-setter against Casper? Yeah,
1: good point. His, he, at his age with the day off, he should be okay. I hope so. It's about three hours and 59 minutes was the time that I saw for the match.
0: Not at right? our ages. We wouldn't rebound as well as him.
1: Well, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, he, he, um, yeah, that's a question. But with a day off of the major, as opposed to you play a long three set or at a Masters 1000, come back the next day, maybe it's more of a question. So I think he'll probably recover pretty well. The last He, he finally beat Rude the last time they met on the clay, just a few weeks back. But he was down a set in 4-2. It was a nice comeback. Rude was dominating that match and got a little tight. And then uh, Aruna took full advantage of it and came back to get his first win over him. This one I see is in last year they played in the quarters here and and Rude was victorious. So I just see see this one being very very close. What I think that 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 could help uh, Rude in the end, the Norwegian, is that if he can get if he can get Holger into a long contest, make sure to, you know to make it a strenuous contest. He probably will be fresher. I mean, I don't think I don't think uh, Holger wants to get in another five-setter back to back like that. So that'll be interesting. I I don't have a strong feel on that match, except that I do think it will go long.
0: Yeah, I I said to myself it was going to be a but if if Runa did not go five sets today, I was going to give Runa the chant the the as a favorite in that match. But because of what happened today, it's a pickem for me. And like you said, if it gets into a lengthy strong physical type of match it's going to be in casper rude's advantage just because of the the energy that that holger had to uh expand today so we'll see and then the last quarter is sasha zvera versus echeverry and i like the echeverry story because you know me i like the college the challenger tour type players he's been making he's been playing challenger events for a while now he's been doing well um his draw has been pretty nice obviously with medvedev losing early. Medvedev should be in this bottom quarter, which is not. I'm also happy for Sasha in that seeing him back in the quarters of French Open after last year. Um, I give Sasha the strong edge in that one, but it's good to see both those guys playing.
1: Yeah, I agree. Sasha's only lost one set, and uh, that was to Francis in that, in that in, in, inter- fascinating tussle they had the other day. Today, he wanted straight over Dimitrov to reach the quarters. And he was that he won the first, I was down four two in the second one, seven games in a row. And then eventually one came through and straight. Yeah, I agree with you. you, you I, I think in his current form with his confidence level up after the win of Dimitrov that he's, he, he, he could drop a set. I guess I would go for him in four sets. Etcheverry a, a very good clay court player, beaten a couple of seeds. The draw did open up, but he's beaten some good players including, including his latest one over Nishioka. So I, I respect the way he's playing and, uh, but I think Zarev three or four, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to go for four sets.
0: All right. So, Hey, so before we get to, to a few of the matches on the women's side, we the next time we record is going to be after the, the tournament, right? We're going to do it next Monday. We'll have a champion. So I'll, I'll ask you, you do not have to answer it, but if we do get the Alcaraz Djokovic semi, are you willing to uh, analyze that match a little bit for listeners or do you sure. want to just kind of sit back and, and no, I'm see going if it to
1: analyze it I, again? I think anybody who made a strong prediction for either one of them is, is going to be very nervous that entire match, because if they're both in the form that we've seen them in, that's potentially a five set blockbuster. And and you have It really comes down to the fact that you got Novak, who's a two-time champion at Roland Garros, 14 straight quarters there, all his experience, going for his 23rd major. And then Carlos is going for his second major in a row and starting to believe that he's the best player in the world, that he's earned that number one ranking, and that he can win on anything. And I just feel like we don't have a lot to go on. We have the one match they played on clay last year. That doesn't tell us much. It went to the tiebreaker in the third day. It was
0: what, over three hours?
1: Yeah, Carlos won it after having beaten Rafa in the same tournament in Spain and I feel like all credit to him. He showed that he's capable of beating him for sure. He did it. But I don't it's not like he has a 4-0 record against him or any and it's not like Djokovic didn't have his chances to win that match as well. So I just feel like they'll go both go in confident. It's Djokovic's great major tournament experience could could help him in the end. I feel like, oddly, I have a weird feeling that, the, that if it goes longer, it's it will favor Novak because because Carlos exerts so much energy and exuberance out there, and he and he just he battles so hard for every point. But it, he, he's he's just he's got amazing energy, and I don't think he's going to fade if it goes to a fifth set. But somehow, I just feel like that's where the Djokovic experience might pull him through if that if it comes down to that. But I just feel like. There's good you can make a good case for a four set scenario for either one of them, too, that, you know, either one gets gets off to a good start. Whoever wins that first set maybe goes on to win in four. I I don't want I don't I don't have I'd be more than willing to give you a prediction, but I just feel like it's going in. It's a flip of the coin.
0: And I'll tell you, uh, uh, their their opponent hopes they play for six and a half hours. It's one of those maybe Australian Open finals that what Novak played yeah. Rafa when it went forever because. Well, the good news
1: is that providing David that they win their quarterfinals tomorrow, as we expect them to do, that both Carlos and Novak will at least have had two days off going into their
0: semi. Right, ran. But but they only right. have but then they only got the one after the semi. Right.
1: Oh, true. But I'm saying they'll have plenty of energy for that one. And the one is very helpful. Even if they went five hours, it's still extremely <laughs> helpful to have a, a day off. And they might they might go five hours. It wouldn't shock me.
0: Makes me tired just thinking about it. All right. On the ladies side. And by the um, way, just
1: a quick, just a quick comment on that. You have to feel a little badly for both of them If it hadn't been for Medvedev uh, against the odds winning Rome to, to get the number two seeding. These two could have met in the final because what's going to make it tough is it's going to feel like a final to both oh, yeah. of them. It's going to feel that way. And yet whoever wins is going to have to get back up, you know, not only recover physically, but psychologically get themselves prepared for one more match to take the title. It reminds me a little bit of when Novak and Rafa met. That's what the- I was
0: just going to say. Novak and well, Rafa. Not,
1: not even last year, which was a quarter, but two years ago, which was a semi. Yeah. Novak wins the semi, and how to come back and play that match against Stefanos. And I think that may have been partially responsible for the slow start that he had in going down two sets, in addition to Tsitsipas playing beautifully, is that Novak was still feeling the effects, both uh, physically and emotionally, from the Rafa semifinal contest. Something similar could happen here, because they're going to have to give so much yeah. to get past each other on, on Friday.
0: Um, I do want to talk about a few matches on the women's side, and, and we we briefly mentioned it. The, the top quarter is Sviatek versus Coco. Now, we, we kind of went into, again, the, the head-to-head does not look good and everything, but can I, can I go as far, Steve, as saying the winner of that match will win the title? that would be something for Coco right that would be yeah something yeah I
1: I'm not I'm not sure I would go along with it with for Coco I think it would be an, an enormous boost if she if she upsets Ega after what happened to her in the finals last year never having beaten her but I I'm, I'm not I I would say it it's I would say it's it it's true for certain, certainly true of Suyante if okay. she, and I I expect her to beat Coco I expect her to take the title but I wouldn't be as sure of Copa, but boy, what a lift she would get if she managed to produce that upset.
0: I want to go down to the bottom quarter, too, because to me it's really, really intriguing. Alina Svitolina, right? Mom. I'm married to Gail monfi She plays Sabalenka. By the way, Sabalenka beats Sloan Stevens. We've given Sloan, we we, you know, we've we've had our discussions about Sloan in the past. She had a good run. Yeah. She lost seven, six, six, four. What was she down five Oh, in the first set against Sabalenka climbed all the way back to five, five. Um, yeah. She lost seven, six, six, four, but shout out to Sloan. It looked like she enjoyed being on court. There's been a lot of times recently that it just, she hasn't been seemed like happy being on the court. So shout out. Well, to but Sloane. also
1: David also, in addition to that, she felt a bit humiliated when she was down love five in that first set. And then you saw her morale, uh, improving significantly game by game, and she's fighting off set points at 2-5 and 4-5 and and did such a great job, and then put herself in a position in that tiebreak to win it and lost at 7-5 with a couple of errors at the end that were probably frustrating for her, but then fought hard in the second before losing that one six four. So I feel like, yes, it was a good, good, uh, encouraging tournament for Sloane Stephens, and I hope she takes that into Wimbledon and expect that she will and have a good run there as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. Let's hope so. All right, Sabalenka, Svitolina. I, I mean, are we, are we is Svitolina going to continue this run here, or or does the road end here?
1: Well, I think it ends, but I'll say this: Svitolina to me is for a long while been a, a player of great guile and and strategic, good, great court sense and. She she uh, she makes the most of everything that she has, and she's a very heady player. She knows what she's doing. She's a terrific match player. So I think there are things she will do, excuse me, to disrupt the rhythm of Sabalenka and prevent and 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 to stop to stop the avalanche. Because we know Sabalenka is going to play her the same way she played uh, against Sloan or anybody else. She's going to try to blow her off the court, and in most cases she succeeds with that strategy. Switalina, I think, can at least make this interesting. I'm picking Sabalenka in three
0: sets. Okay, okay. Now, I, I, I'll ask you this. We talk about the the trio so much, and we already said Rabakina, unfortunately, had to withdraw, so she's not part of it. Is this going to be another one of those? We get two of the three in the final, Sviatek or, versus Sabalenka, or someone we haven't talked about, she's made a couple Grand Slam finals, hasn't got over the hurdle yet, Anz Jabor is still in the middle of that field. Can she make a run and win this?
1: You know, Anz is surprisingly good on clay. I feel like she's a little better on harder yes. Uh, I'd love to see it. I don't expect it. I guess I'm, I guess I'm looking for the Sabalenka final against Suyante. But Anz, you know, Anz has been in good form. You know, she, she's, she's going to play oh Haddad Maia in the quarters and then, she, but then she, he, she would have to beat Suyantec just to get to that meeting with potentially with Sabalenka in the final. It's a tall order for her on clay, But if she pulled it off, good for her. I mean, you know, it, it, we, we keep waiting for her to win her first major. It's going to happen soon. I don't think it'll be here, but I, I'd love it. I'd love to see it happen.
0: Well, I'm glad we we recorded tonight because there's some enticing quarterfinal matches. So I'm going to let you go. I'm going to work on editing this and getting this out tonight before the first of the quarters start tomorrow morning. Again, we're recording this on Monday night. Um, we got a heck of a finish coming up here, Steve.
1: Yeah, we do. We do. I have a feeling that no matter what happens the rest of the tournament, that we're going to be talking quite a bit in our next podcast on uh, a, a week from tonight about the Djokovic Alcaraz semifinal, that that's going to end up being the, the um, golden moment of the tournament, uh, the, the the match that everybody will remember. Somehow I feel it will surpass the final or surpass anything that happens among the women as well. That's just a guess. It's a hunch, but I'm expecting them to to produce a blockbuster.
0: Well, let's, you know, let's see. I hope, I don't text you late tomorrow and be like Stefano Sitsipas just got in the way of what <laughs> you just said. So we'll see. There's so many good matchups. Steve, thank you for your time and uh, we're we're all looking forward to the, the last three rounds of this tournament. So many good ones. Yeah, thanks, David. I enjoyed it.